Why are birds disappearing here in North America and what can we do about it? Let's find out starting right now. Welcome to the Weird and Wacky Planet's Nature Just Got Real podcast for kids. Join KB Carr, author of the Weird and Wacky Planet series with Chuck Darwin, Tito and Captain Jack as they bring you the real skinny on what's really going on in the natural world. And now, here's your host, KB Carr. Hello, Planeteers. Welcome back to another wild episode of Nature Just Got Real. I'm your host, KB Carr, and today we are asking the question, where are all the birds? Birds are disappearing in large numbers here in the North American continent where I live. Scientists who study birds are called ornithologists, and they're raising the alarm that bird populations are drastically dropping. Today, we'll look at possible reasons for that and how kids and families can help. We'll also look at a bird success story and what it took to bring this bird back from the brink of extinction. But first, I want to say a big hello and thank you to our listeners in Germany who, again, had the most downloads from outside the U.S. for the last episode, although they narrowly edged out the U.K., who was a very close second. And the city that had the most downloads was Delray Beach, Florida, here in the U.S., by a lot. So also, if your class is listening to this podcast and you have your teacher, contact me through weirdandwackyplanet.com or just go to the classroom resources page on the website because we have some special resources just for you. And that's a new feature for this season as we go into more and more classrooms. Thank you all so much for listening. And you can also watch this podcast on YouTube and possibly other places. And don't forget to download the project sheet that goes along with today's episode. Now let's get started. So today we are talking about a critical topic, why birds are disappearing in North America and how kids can make a difference. Now you might be wondering, why are the birds all disappearing in North America? Is this even a real problem? And the answer is a resounding yes. Birds are vanishing at an alarming rate, and it's something we all need to pay attention to. So what's causing this decline in our avian companions? Here are a few key factors, and we'll delve into each one. Habitat loss. So North America's landscapes are rapidly changing. As cities expand and forests are cut down for development, the places where birds live and breed are disappearing. And this is a significant problem for migratory birds that rely on these habitats as stopover points during their long journeys. Another reason is climate change. You knew this one was coming. Our climate is shifting, and this has serious consequences for birds. Rising temperatures can affect their food sources, migration patterns, and breeding seasons. It's a challenge for birds to adapt to these changes, and some species are struggling to survive. And here's something you might not think about. Window collisions. Millions of birds die each year from colliding with windows. Just recently in Chicago, over a thousand birds died instantly by slamming into a high-rise building that was built on the way of their migratory route, and that number doesn't include the ones that were injured and may have died later. Another reason is pesticides. Some chemicals used in agriculture have 
a devastating effect on birds. They can poison the insects birds rely on for food and cause issues with the strength of birds' eggshells. In fact, in the 1960s, it was discovered that there were no peregrine falcons left in the eastern U.S., and by the mid-1970s, the western population had declined by 90% as well. What was happening to the peregrine falcons? Scientists found that a popular pesticide called DDT was causing the eggs of the falcons to be thin and fragile, making them break. Falcon numbers fell to 12% of what they had been. In 1970, the peregrine falcon was listed as endangered under the Endangered Conservation Act. In 1972, DDT was banned and the peregrine falcon recovery projects began. Today, the peregrine falcon populations in these areas are now stable, and their IUCN status is LC, which stands for least concern, thanks to banning this dangerous pesticide. And the Cornell University breeding and release programs were critical in the recovery of this species. So proving that if we can undo the damage we cause, we can have more success stories like the peregrine falcon. Now that we've covered the why, let's talk about the how. How can kids and families help save the birds of North America? Number one, educate yourself. The first step is to learn more about birds. Get to know the different species that inhabit your area and understand their habits and their needs. This knowledge will help you appreciate more and know what to do to protect them. Number two, bird-friendly gardens. You can create bird-friendly habitats in your own backyard and community by planting native plants, putting out bird feeders, providing nesting boxes. Birds need food, shelter, and a place to raise their young, just like people do. Number three, citizen science. You know I love this one so much. Next month, the Audubon Society will host the 124th annual Christmas Bird Count from December 14th to January 5th. And this is a community event, and you can sign up to join on the website. You can also download apps like eBird, where you can report your bird sightings along with other birders. That's a nickname for people who are bird watchers, by the way and contribute to scientific research as an individual. I mean, who doesn't love that? I really do. Your observations in both these programs can help scientists track bird populations and make informed conservation decisions. I'll put the links to both of these programs in the show notes so you can check them out. Number four, reduce, reuse, and recycle. So being mindful of your waste and reducing your ecological footprint can indirectly benefit birds by reducing habitat destruction and climate change. Number five, protect birds from colliding with the windows in your house. This problem is easily solvable with a simple actions like closing curtains or blinds or putting up bird-friendly window clings or decals. And I have a project sheet for you that shows how to make your own window clings, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Number six, advocate. You can also be a voice for birds by supporting policies and organizations dedicated to bird conservation. Let your elected representatives know that protecting birds is important to you. 
And number seven, spread the word. Talk to your friends, your family, your classmates about the importance of bird conservation. So the more people who understand the issues birds face, the more likely we are to make positive changes. Now here is a word from our sponsor, Weird and Wacky Planet. Have you ever seen a dragon covered in fingernails? How about a mermaid who vacuums the ocean floor every day? Or a pocket Dracula no bigger than your thumb? You can meet these animals and more in the book Weird and Wacky Endangered Creatures 1, part of the Weird and Wacky Planet series by KB Carr. Look for them wherever books are sold and get your flippers on your own coffee. Okay, now here's Chuck Darwin with the scientific word for this episode. It's time for the weird and wacky, weighty, wondrous word. For this episode, the words are migrate and migration. Migrate is a verb that describes the action of moving or relocating from one place to another, often seasonally, in response to changing environmental conditions. This movement is typically associated with animals such as birds, fish, or mammals, as they travel to find better food sources, breeding grounds, or more suitable habitats. Migration, on the other hand, is a noun that refers to the overall phenomenon or process of this movement. It encompasses the entire journey and activities associated with the relocation, including departure, travel, and arrival at the destination. Migration is a critical survival strategy for many species and is often characterized by impressive long-distance journeys. Some humans migrate to warmer climates every year, earning the nickname snowbirds. Isn't that interesting? Use the words migrate or migration in a sentence and impress someone with your genius. Until next time, I'm Dr. Chuck Darwin. Cheerio! Thanks, Dr. Chuck. We got a two for this time. I'll take it. All right. I want to know how birds know where to go when they migrate, don't you? Here's Captain Jack to answer that question. Got a question? Ask the captain. Ahoy, mateys. In this episode, today's Ask the Captain question is, how do birds navigate during long migrations? Birds use a bunch of different tools and strategies to navigate during long migrations. One important tool is their excellent sense of vision, which helps them recognize landmarks and geographical features. Another tool in their navigational toolkit is the Earth's magnetic field. Many birds have specialized magnetoreceptors, that's a long word, in their beaks or eyes that allow them to sense the magnetic field's direction and intensity. Like a kind of internal compass, it helps them maintain a consistent direction, especially on overcast days or when flying at night. Birds are also known to use cues from the sun and stars to orient themselves. Like during the day, they can track the sun's movement to determine east and west. At night, they use star patterns for navigation, especially during long-distance migrations. Sailors on ships used to do the same thing. And scientists think some species may rely on genetic knowledge passed down through generations. They believe that young birds inherit a genetic map of their migration route and destination, letting them make their long first journey without having done it before. 
Wouldn't you like to have that advantage in math class? Since most birds that migrate have specific routes they take every year, they're in danger of slamming into tall buildings that pop up on their routes between migrations. I personally think that anyone who wants to build a tall building should have to submit a migration map study to make sure that that building is not on a migration route in order to get a building permit. I think humans need to think about other species living on the planet with them and do better. What do you think? And if you have any questions for me, just email me at naturejustgotreal at gmail.com. I'm always listening. This is Captain Jack signing off till next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jack. Yes, I would like to be born already knowing stuff, especially math. Now here's Tito with some weird facts about birds you may or may not have known. Take it away, Tito. And now, the weird and wacky creature feature. Birds are fascinating creatures, and there are plenty of weird facts about them. Here are some quirky and unusual tidbits about birds. Penguins can't fly, but they are incredible swimmers. They use their wings as flippers to navigate underwater. I honestly have never called a penguin's flippers wings, have you? That's just weird. The albatross, a large seabird, holds the record for the longest wingspan of any living bird, with some individuals reaching up to 12 feet. Do you think it's related to the pterodactyl? Because that is crazy long. The Hoatzin, a native bird to the Amazon, is sometimes called the stink bird because its diet of leaves ferments in its stomach, giving it a distinct odor. And the odor is poo. This bird smells like poo. That's unfortunate when it comes to making friends, am I right? Kakapos, also known as night parrots, are flightless, nocturnal parrots native to New Zealand. They're critically endangered, and they are huge, like bigger than Captain Jack. This bird is also featured in Weird and Wacky Endangered Creatures 1 if you're interested in more information about giant walking parrots. The male superb bird of Australia has an extraordinary ability to mimic various sounds, including chainsaws, camera shutters, and other birds' calls. That is a handy skill to have when you're trying to escape from predators, yeah? The male bowerbird is known for its intricate and decorative mating displays. It builds elaborate homes, adorning them with brightly colored objects like bottle caps and plastic stuff to attract the females. You gotta respect the bird that decorates. One man's trash is another bird's treasure. The male frigate bird inflates a bright red throat pouch to attract the ladies during mating displays, resembling a big red balloon in the sky. He's featured in the upcoming book Weird and Wacky Fastest and Slowest Creatures, so be looking out for that early next year. Do you think Balloon Bird is fast or slow? We'll find out. The Harpy Eagle, found in the rainforests of Central and South America, has talons longer than a grizzly bear's claws, making it one of the most powerful raptors on the planet. What does it eat? Whatever it wants. There are way more weird bird facts, but I'm ending this here while I can still sleep. I'm Tito, and I'll see you all next time. Oh, you're right, Tito. Grizzly clawed birds might give me nightmares. Okay, episode recap. 
What are my takeaways from today's episode? There are some seriously weird birds out there. Just saying. Humans migrate too, but for different reasons. I would also like to migrate during the winter. Maybe next year. Birds use different tools and strategies to navigate during migration. And some of those tools are the same tools we use. That's pretty cool. And lastly, birds are in trouble. And if we don't intervene, and quickly, we may someday only see birds in a zoo. But there is hope. The Peregrine Falcon story tells us that if we can discover the reasons and make changes, we can turn that around and make sure that future generations can also become birders. Yes! And that's a wrap for today's episode of Nature Just Got Real. We hope you've gained a deeper understanding of why birds are disappearing in North America and how you can be a part of the solution. Remember, I'll, I'll put the link to the Christmas Bird Count website and the eBird app in the show notes so you can sign up if you want to. And don't forget to download the project sheet for this episode so you can help birds from colliding with windows at your house. Remember, it's not just up to adults. Kids can make a significant impact on bird conservation, too. So go out and have a bird-watching or birder adventure in your neighborhood. That wraps up the show for today. Thank you to our sponsor, Weird and Wacky Planet. And thank you for listening. Thank you for caring and thank you for sharing. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Let us know if you do, and we might mention you on the show. Until next week, go have an adventure in your neighbourhood.